All right, welcome back to Preachers in the Truth. Uh, Reverend Jacob Walker here. I'm here with Reverend Mikey Smith. Uh, coming back to you again. We got a little bit delayed, had some things going on we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, but we're going to be talking about the resurrection and that today to catch up on our episode. We talked about the crucifixion, had some things happen, but before we get into all that, uh, we'll go ahead and start with prayer. Uh, I have a few unspoken requests. Uh, let's remember the Braden family. They had somebody pass away today. Um, let's, you know, continue to remember the Lily family. Uh, she did end up passing away. We prayed for the family in the last podcast. And, yeah, Faye. Um, yeah, Faye, Lily. Uh, so let's remember them. Brother Mikey, is there any others that were missing here? Remember Jaylen. I keep requesting prayer for her. And then uh, Jade, her mother, hit me up. Uh, a couple of days ago, and she was in the hospital, not feeling very well. So remember that whole family; they've been having a lot of medical problems in the last few months. So let's remember them, and let's always remember the loss. Our church, this podcast. Uh, let's remember the world too, because there's a lot going on in the world, and there's a lot of scared people. And we need yes, to, there is. We need to um, really pray for for Christian people. We need to pray for the lost. And we need to pray for people to, to find focus and peace on, in Christ and not focus so much on what's going on in the world. But I think that's all I have. All right. Uh, you want to go ahead and open us up with a word of prayer there, brother? Yeah, absolutely. Power heads. I'm especially in the Father, Lord God. We thank you for another day, Lord. We thank you for another opportunity to come together, discuss your word. Lord, I love doing this. Um, it actually helps me to grow and learn, Lord. Uh I ask you to bless this podcast and, and let it go out to, to people that need it, Lord, and let somebody that's listening use it, God. Uh, that's what it's about. We're, we're here to, to discuss things and, and invite you into it, Lord, so that you can, you can reveal yourself to us so that we understand the word, Lord. And we ask you to remember the requests that were said, God, uh, all the sick, the lost, the, uh, the afflicted, Lord. We ask you to, to, Give peace where it's needed and strength where it's needed, Lord God. We ask you to continue to bless us. In Jesus' precious name, we ask these things. And amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So we uh, had somebody write in, and we're going to cover this real quickly to get into the resurrection portion of it. Uh, our last conversation we had, our last podcast, we were talking about uh, the crucifixion. Sorry, lost my train of thought there for a second, but hey, it happens, old age. Um, <laughs> uh, but we forgot to mention the thief, and it, the thief is very important. Uh, the person who emailed us about it pointed it out to us, and we're in 100% agreement with him. And so we're going to bring that out here. So if you have your Bibles and you're listening to us, go ahead and uh, turn over to the 23rd chapter of Luke. And... We're going to start at the 39th verse. And it says, And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, 
Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Amen. And, you know, first off, that I, I want you to know that you can't convince me in any other way, uh, brother, that thief on the cross, in my own personal thought, was saved at that very moment. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I have nothing to even try to come across that. Many people are, well, was he saved because Christ hadn't died yet? When, when you read these verses, let me tell you something. He went through the exact steps that it takes to be saved. Amen. He did. You know, he had to, first off, he had to believe that Christ was who he said he was. Yes. You know, and what did he do? He confessed with his mouth. Yeah. You know, he confessed who he was. And, you know, so he did all the steps to be saved. And then what does Christ say to him? He says, verily I say unto thee, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Um, now, paradise and uh, for the sake of, you know, a long discussion and everything, we'll basically, we'll just put it as basically paradise at the time was the bosom of Abraham. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I believe, I believe we're hitting Christ now and we'll get into that in a future podcast, but for the sake of this one and timing and everything, but. So, he was with Christ in heaven at that point. He was. Which was paradise. He was in the same place that Lazarus went yeah. when he died, the beggar. And, you know, so this kind of, and as the person who emailed us pointed out, this gets rid of the whole purgatory argument, you know, where do you go? Yeah. You, you go to heaven or hell. That's it. Th those are your options, you know. You either will awaken to... A fiery hell, or you'll wake into your savior in heaven, Amen. and that's all there is to it. There, there's no reincarnation. There, there's no second chances. No. You know that's that's why we're that's why we do this so much. And you know we the last podcast we really pushed it, and you know we'll be pushing it again this podcast. You know you need Jesus Christ as a personal savior and as Lord and Savior in your life. Absolutely, you do. You know because like. Here it's plain as day. Uh, he told only, you know, the thing is, he only told the one thief who confessed oh, yeah. that today will you be with me in paradise. He didn't tell the other thief that. No, the so, other one went to hell. I mean, yeah, I believe that. Honest, you right. know, and that kind of shows you the difference in the two, right? Right. That, that, that puts it in perspective for you, right? There's Christ who is carrying out the mission that God has, that, that was put in place for for sinners, right? Right. And Christ was indeed in the middle of two sinners, right? One decided to rebuke Christ and decided to rail on him. Rail on him means make fun of him, lash out at him. Right. right? And the other was humbled because he realized and believed who Christ was. There was the two different spectrums. Christ acknowledged the malefactor that acknowledged him, right? He did not acknowledge the other malefactor. He didn't even respond to the other malefactor, if right. I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen it in the Bible. I haven't The only one he it. responds to is the one that calls out and says, Lord, and notice, I want to point something out because I've seen it in a couple different scriptures. And he says to him, he says, um, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, Lord. Now that word Lord means something, Jake, mm -hmm. right? Because... Yep. We talked about this in our first podcast in John chapter eight. The Pharisees, you know, they they called Jesus by master, and they did this in a mockery, right? right? Which is a good man. 
But Lord means ruler of my life, mm -hmm. right? So when he claimed him as Lord, he claimed that Christ was the ruler of his life, that he submitted his life to Christ right there. Exactly. And that's, that's important. See, when you read the Bible... There's scripture in the Bible that says that not one jot or tittle's out of place. Right. Right. So you have to look into the words that are used. And when he says Lord, he's professing Christ as mm -hmm. his Lord, as his ruler, right, of, of his life. He submits his life to him. And at that point, that man was changed. When he died, I believe, if with all my heart, I would take it to my deathbed that he opened his eyes in heaven or in paradise. From that day forward, right, simply by just acknowledging who Christ was. Oh, I, I, I one hundred percent agree with that, and it's, it just goes to show you like the different spectrum, and then you realize what was going on and what was transpiring. You had the one who, and this is your only two options: you can either choose Christ or you can deny him. That's it. And you know, if you choose him, then he's going to choose you. He clearly spoke to just one thief. That's it. You know. He clearly just spoke to the one and basically ignored the other. Yep. And that, that's how it is. The, the Bible says that, you know, he'll, he'll divide, you know, the sheep and the goats and that. And, you know, he'll say to the ones, you know, to enter in and the others, he'll say depart. to depart. Yep. I knew you not. Amen. Yep. So he gives no claim to it. But, you know. And I, I, got, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I got news good. for you. You're a malefactor. Which mm -hmm. one are you? We right. are all malefactors. We are all sinners. Yep. Right? Christ died for the very purpose of that. Which one are you going to be? Right. And we we deserve the reward. I mean, we deserve the punishment in reality. You know, we, no, we sin against God. We deserve death. We do. But here Christ is offering us life, life and life more abundantly. We did too. Amen. You know, the Bible says that, you know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. And that's all there is to it. So we wanted to cover that real quick. Now we're going to move on a little bit further in, and we're going to start talking about the resurrection. Amen. And it's very important because you got to have the resurrection because then Christ is who he said he was. Right. You know, and he proved to his disciples that's, you know, why I believe it says for mine and your justification, it was for us to really, truly know he was the one. Right. You know, because no, no, no man could physically return from death. No. Not without the power of God. And Amen. Christ was God in the flesh. Right. So he had that power to return. Yeah. So we're going to be in the 24th chapter and I'm going to have Brother Mikey go ahead and start reading here. All right. The 24th chapter. Here we are. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. 
You keep reading? Yeah, go ahead. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down he beheld the linen clothes, laid by the, themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together, and all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they con communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Can we keep going? Um, yeah, go ahead and keep going just a little bit further. And the one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God, and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he with or which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it, even so, as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow to of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Okay, we'll go ahead and uh, stop right there. Uh, a few key points. Uh, let's go ahead and go back to the beginning. You know, the angel basically says, you know, why seek ye the living among the dead? And I honestly believe, brother, it's because, you know, first off, you know, they were in a graveyard. Christ is risen. Right. But I think it's also because they were seeking him in a worldly place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, a, a, oh, grave, yeah. a grave is a worldly place. And they were seeking him and looking for him. But that's not his dwelling place. That's not right. where he is. So why do you seek the living among the dead? Right. And. Then they tell him, you know, he, he's not here, he's risen. And then they tell him where he's going to meet him and everything else. And they remind him of the scripture. And as you go further down, you know, they return. And here these women are, they return. And, of course, they want to tell somebody. 
So they tell them, and then, of course, the men are kind of like, okay, you guys are foolish. Yeah. You know, they're like, you, you guys are, it's a joke. Uh, this isn't happening. But then, you know, Peter, and I think it was Peter that was really running there because Peter, and we we actually missed this topic on the last podcast too. Ironically, now that we're talking about this, it comes up. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Peter denied Christ. Yep, so Peter, Peter was fighting with his own self. And yeah. what we see this even in the scripture after when Jesus is with him, how Peter kind of like holds it against himself kind of thing. Right. Um, so Peter goes there and then they find the clothes, the grave clothes. Um, and we're going to flip over into John. I'm going to have brother Mikey read John and then talk about it. Cause there's a lot of significance to the grave clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things that you might not look at unless you really understand how, uh, Jewish things worked and, but it says a very powerful message right? when you understand what it means. So go ahead, brother. Before I read, I'll just explain. There were two pieces, right, that covered Christ. There was a shroud that covered his entire body, and then there was a napkin that went over his face, right? And um, this scripture talks specifically of the napkin, not the the burial shroud, Mm -hmm. but the napkin that covered his face. Because Jewish people, you know, a dead person was kind of an unclean thing. They didn't touch it. They didn't go around it. They kind of, you know, right. just kind of stayed away from it. They, they, they would prepare it for burial, stuff like that, but they just kind of, it, to them, it was it was something they weren't supposed to dwell around. Exactly. Right? So, you know, when they took Christ off the cross, they had some linen for him, which Joseph bought, mm-hmm. right? And it was also a tomb of Joseph's, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. And they take this shroud and they would put it, they lay him on the shroud and then they would start from the head and they would pull it down over him, right? But before they did that, they put a napkin over his face mm-hmm. so they didn't have to see his face, right? And they would put him down and then a napkin was underneath the shroud over his face, okay? And verse 7 of the 20th chapter of John says, And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. So what's going on here is when Peter, or when they've seen the clothes, they realized that the napkin was separate and it was folded, right? Mm -hmm. Now there's a significance to Orthodox Judaism. Is that how you say it? I believe so. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not sure, brother. Orthodox Jews believe that the master of the table, when they were eating dinner, if he would take the napkin and fold it, when he got up to leave, they knew he was coming back to finish his dinner, right? But if he got up and he kind of just tossed the napkin aside or or didn't prepare it in any way, he just kind of threw it on the table, they knew that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So there's significance to the Jewish people in that scripture alone because that was something Orthodox Jews recognized, right? Right. So these men who were Jewish... When they seen this, to them, that meant something, right? Because that was Christ telling them, I'm coming back. I'm not leaving to never come back. I am coming back. This this napkin's folded and in place in a perfect order, signifying that he's coming back. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it it's just he does everything for a reason. And he's specifically saying, listen, I'm going to return. To you, and you know, he, he told his disciples this 
the entire time. He said, you know, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. Yeah. You know, and he said, if I go away, then I will return. Right. And, you know, you're thinking about it. And as we read further in that, you get the significance of that. Excuse me. And they've seen all of this. They've seen the empty tomb, but yet they're still not grasping it. No. And a lot of people like to think, well, and when we start talking about these two men who are walking, a lot of people think that Christ changed his form or God and Christ purposely changed the way they seen him. I don't believe that was true. No. I believe what was happening is they couldn't physically grasp somebody coming back to life like they that. They couldn't. Right. You know? And it still amazes me, though, that they couldn't understand it because they'd watched him pull Lazarus from the grave. Yeah. You know? These the, disciples did. Yeah, yeah, these disciples, but they still couldn't grasp it. I mean, it says that they appeared to the 11 and they, they thought they were foolish. Right. But yeah, and see, you see this all through the Bible, though, and, and you can relate to the disciples mm -hmm. because they were just men, right? right? We're just men, and we fail constantly, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, here they are, they're on a ship, right? And they're they're going to the other side of the sea, and Christ, you talk about this all the time, yeah. Jake. Christ says, we're going to the other side of the sea. There's nothing that's going to stop that. If Christ says we're going to the other side of the sea, then you are going to go to the other side right, of the sea. Amen. There is nothing that's going to stop right, you. Right. There's nothing that can hold you back. So this storm rages, right? And they get terrified. And these men were fishermen, right? I don't mm -hmm. mean to get off topic. I just no, have to talk good. about it for a second. But these men were fishermen. They were afraid, right? What do they do? They wake Christ up. They're terrified. Don't you care? We perish. What's he do? He gets up and he calms the storm, right? Right. They doubted him. Well, Look at the, the story with the woman, right? With the issue of blood. He's mm -hmm. walking through a crowd. Somebody touches him. Jesus knows. He feels it. Yep. And he's like, who touched me? And they're like, come on, man. What do you mean who touched you? You're in a, like, everybody's touching you, right? Mm -hmm. They doubted him. You see what I'm saying? Right. And here, he said, how many times does Christ have to prove himself? Exactly. Right? And he says to him, I'm going to be delivered up. I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day. I'm going to rise again. You would think, Jake, that these men would be like, hey, no no worries. He's coming back. He said it. He's going to rise again. That, there's yep. no way. No way he's not. But then when it happened, Jake, and these women brought it to him, come on, you're foolish, right? And like you pointed out, Lazarus, mm -hmm. he deliberately waited so that Lazarus yep. would die, so that he could do this feat for the glory of God, right? Yep. Goes, does it. They still don't believe that he was going to rise again. I don't understand. Like, yeah, I'm a dent, I have a dense skull. I'm, let's just be honest. I told you before, I'm a stupid person. But I think if I seen four or five times where Christ said he was going to do something and he did it, I think I would believe him. Now, I, who knows, though? That's a pretty big pill to swallow it is. in that time, right? Because nobody can grasp that concept. Right, even even today, it, it's hard to grasp that concept, but that's where our faith comes in. Right. And, you know, every man's been dealt a measure of faith. Every single person, every single person that's on this earth has been dealt a measure of faith. And, you know, it comes down to it, and as they're walking, and that, this is the whole thing. And he basically tells me, he says, Oh, fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So 
from the very beginning in the Bible, you read all through the Old Testament, we can show you through Christ. We can take you into Daniel and, you know, Isaiah, and we can show you Christ. We can show you where Christ was supposed to die on a cross. Yeah, oh yeah. We can show you everything about it and where he's supposed to rise again. And, you know, but they're still not grasping it. They've got all the old prophets, but they're still not grasping it. And, you know, it's really significant here because as he's talking to them, they're not catching on. But they come to where they're supposed to go. And they start to walk away. And what does Christ do? He acts like he's going to go further. And what do they do? They say, why don't you come and abide with us? Well, what's so significant about that? Let me tell you something. Christ will never go where he is not invited. Amen. You know, he will never push you. He will never force you. You want him in your life. You have to invite him in. That's right. You want him to deal with your problems. You have to invite him in. You have to allow him to do it. Amen. See, the Bible says that he's a gentleman, that he stands at the door and he knocks. You know, he doesn't force his way into you. He doesn't force you to go one way or the other. He gives you the choice and he waits on you for that choice. Just like after that, you know, it came to pass, you know, they said, you know, tarry with us. And then he went with them. And um, I believe in. I'm not going to read any further or anything because there's more we want to discuss in that. But I believe at this point, that's when it says that, oh, it does. Over in the 31st verse, it says, and their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. So at that point, when they realized as he began to, and it was after he walked with them, he went. It's when he started to bless the food that they realized this is, this is him. This is, you know, this is him. This is it. Can you imagine? Right. Jake, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can you imagine if that was you and me, right? Mm-hmm. And we're walking and we're talking about this, and and this is this is traveling fast, right? Right. This news is traveling fast, and can you imagine how they must have the, the glory and just the the excitement, the happiness when they realized that it was Christ? I right. mean, think about that. This is the man that mattered. This. Death and resurrection is the only thing that matters. Right. And can you imagine what that meant to these people? Mm-hmm. I just, what it means to me, and I wasn't there. I wasn't right. there, Jake, but what his death and resurrection means to me changed my life forever. It, it, it does. But it, can you imagine seeing it? Right. And, you know, that's the whole thing. And you, you think about it, this is, this is where everything lies at, brother. It's, when you start talking about the crucifixion and then you start talking about the resurrection and who Christ truly is, this is where everything lies. This is where all of our hope, oh, yeah. you know, everything that we look forward to, this is where it comes down to. It's because Christ is the true son of God. Right. And because of that, and because of our faith in him, we have, you know, the ability to walk around with a smile on our face. Amen. We have the ability to understand things to so much higher of a level than what we would understand if we were just looking at it fleshly. Because even these disciples, they're looking at it fleshly and they're thinking no man can rise again and, you know, come back from the dead. Right. And here as he's blessing the food, they instantly know it's him because of the way that he did it, the way that he break the bread and that. And all of a sudden it was a, 
you know, drive up inside of them. And, you know, I, I think about it, you know, of course, you know, we got to understand too, at this time, they didn't have the comforter. They didn't have the spirit, no. you know, to bear intercession and that and to talk. And, but now we have that. And, you know, it, it just amazes me how many Christians walk around today defeated when we have the resurrection, mm-hmm. you know, Christ said that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Oh, yeah. he, he conquered it all. But yet we still, we get depressed about so many things. And, you know, I was thinking about this and I was kind of happy we were doing the resurrection, especially after everything that's transpired. Um, you know, as you guys, we said in the beginning of, you know, the podcast and that, uh, Faye had passed away. She passed away the day after we had done the podcast. And yeah, that. Saturday. Yeah. Right, Saturday. And, you know, I began to think about that, and I began to think about the resurrection and what it truly means for us. Because at this point, as Christians, yeah, it, it's hard to deal with things like death and, you know, hardships and that. But as Christians, we understand that, you know, there, there's no doubt in my mind of where she is. Amen. You know, I, I have no doubt in my mind and because of where she is and the promise that God has given us, you know, us as Christians, the, the Bible's right when it says to rejoice when they leave, but to weep when they're born, yeah. you know, but we get it all backwards. And it's because we're not fully giving ourselves to God. Right. We're not fully rejoicing in that resurrection. Right. You know, we tend to allow things to bother us and, and beat us down. And, you know, we use the terms like we lost this person and we lost that person. Um, you know, I'm grateful that. You know, out of all the people that I've had in my life that have went on, and that's how I'm going to describe it, mm-hmm. I haven't lost. No. Because no, of this exactly. resurrection, Amen. I haven't lost anything. No. Because how can I lose something when I know where it is? Amen. And that's what people don't understand. And that's what's going on in the world today. People are not trusting God enough. And they're not pushing for God's intervention in their lives. And they're not rejoicing in the fact that he died and rose again for us. Right. And because of this resurrection, brother, we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. We don't have to worry about fearing about this and that. We don't have to worry about, you know, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, maybe I'm just going on a tantrum right now. But, That's okay. You know, we don't even have to worry about COVID. No, we and, don't know, COVID, Because, man. you know what? COVID's insignificant to what's going on. It is. You know, if... People understood, you know, we've talked about that, you know, sin's been a pandemic a lot longer than COVID has, you know, but there's one solution and it's Christ because he died and he rose again. He's the son of God. But, you know, as we get into this and I'm not going to get into the whole vaccine thing, if you want to be vaccinated, that that's, you know, between you and God and your family. And I have, I'm not going to, you know, say you're wrong for doing it. I'm not going to say you're right for doing it. I have my feelings about it. Is it a sin to get a vaccine? I don't think it's a sin to get a vaccine, honestly, brother. But, you know, so many people are pushing this vaccine. You got to get vaccinated. You got to get this shot. You got to get your family vaccinated. You know, how different would the world be if God's people who are pushing the same vaccine started pushing Christ the same way they're pushing the vaccine? You know, it just... I don't know. It's just been on my heart this whole week and thinking about things with the resurrection. Because again, that's where all our hope lies. 
That's where I don't have to fear about things because I have Christ as a personal Savior. And I know when I pass over, who I'll be looking at, Amen. who will be holding Amen. me, you know, Amen. so nothing matters. The, the end of the world doesn't matter to me no, because I know matter. where I'll be dwelling yeah. forever. That's it. You know, like we said before, the gift of God's eternal life. Amen. I'll be dwelling with him. So it doesn't matter. But too many Christians are walking around blindly like these disciples, brother. Oh, they are. You know, they're, they're yeah. using everything and everything is an excuse. And I'm just going to tell you on this podcast right now. Get mad at me. Stop listening. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Don't send me an email. Tell you guys this all the time. But quit using the excuses because the excuses are over now. Yeah. Because we're living in a time where the world needs God and Christ more than ever. <laughs> but we're pushing a vaccine more than we're pushing Christ. Amen. You know, God's given us a testimony. He's given us something to say. But we make up excuses all the time. Well, you know, well, I'm scared. Well, don't tell me you're scared because if you're a gods then you can't be afraid why right. my bible tells me we were not given a spirit of fear brother that's right you know he said that you know we weren't given a spirit of fear and what so why are we afraid because christ well i i just can't tell people because i have trouble talking well let me tell you something moses had a stutter yeah and, and you know what guess what i'm gonna let you know a little secret here yeah, God did send him Aaron, but God was a little bit irritated with him that he had to send Aaron in the first place. Because what did God tell him before? You can go look it up. When he was talking to Moses, what did he say to him? Moses is like, you know, who am I? I, I? I can't speak to these people like this. He said, surely I'll be with you. Yeah. Surely I'll be with you. In right. other words, I will be the one speaking for Just you. Just like in Matthew 10. Right. But people, they don't want to, well, I'm afraid to do this and I'm afraid to do that. What you're doing is you're giving yourself an excuse to not serve God. That's it. And that's what's wrong with the world today because your testimony needs to be heard. Yeah. God gave it to you for a reason. He gave it to you to share. He yeah, gave yeah. it to you to help lead people to Christ and rejoice in this. But again, we walk around blindly, use everything as an excuse under the sun. And then we have the nerve to look at God and, you know, say, what's going on? Right. You know, we have the nerve to question things and you know and people when death happens and people are beating themselves up about it and upset about it and us as christians we should be there to reassure them of that comfort mm -hmm. i know it's a hard time i've had many people who i've loved pass on but it's the hope and that we have in christ because of this resurrection mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about it same thing with covid you know what i'm just going to tell you this right now I love my dad to death and you know, he meant the world to me. I love my mama and it liked to kill me when she went on yeah. and I was really close with my papa and everything else. But let me tell you something. And I don't know why I'm going this route or saying this and hopefully maybe my tantrum will be done here in a minute, but you know, this is where all the hope lies. So you know what? And now we've got COVID and we've got all these people dying of COVID. They're dying of COVID. Well, let me tell you something. This body is going to have to taste death no matter what. This yes. body will have to die. But let me tell you something. If you have Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, I'm going to tell you this right now. This is why you can't lose something because you know where it is. You're not doing anything except for changing your address. Yeah. That's all it is. You're just moving. And you're moving to a place where, you know what? You can only get there one way. Yeah. And, you know, so... 
when, when you're dealing with death and everything else, if you're having a hard time, let me tell you something. If they knew Christ as a personal savior, let me tell you, they just changed their address. And if you're not sure how to get there, go over to John 3.16. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. No. There's the address. No. The address and the directions. Let me tell you something. MapQuest ain't going to get you there. No. Christ will get you there. And you know what? If I pass away from COVID and I get COVID and die, guess what? That'll be my new address. It'll yeah. be with him in paradise. And, you know, it just reading this and seeing how these were. And then I look at us when we have all this, God's not, not shown us that he's not in control. Right. He's shown us time after time. But yet we want to worry about uh, a vaccine and pushing a vaccine instead of pushing Christ. And we have people, and I've had people even tell me, well, do you not care about people? Do, do you not, you know, worry about people and that? Brother, if I didn't care and worry about people, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Because let me tell you something, I care a little bit more because they're just worried about what their physical life's going to be like. Right. I'm worried about where that eternal life's going to be. It, I'm worried about that soul. Amen. You know, this life really means nothing to me, honestly. It's great. God blesses me through it, but it's insignificant to the right. life that's going to come, brother. Amen. So, you know what? Yeah, I do care. I care a whole lot. And that's why I want to push Christ. Amen. But I see it constantly. God's people don't want to proclaim his goodness. Right. They've got every excuse under the book. Let me tell you something. Right now, you have two choices as a Christian. You can be David and meeting the Goliath in the field. Or you can be one of the Israelites cowering in a tent. And those are your two options. Your excuses are done. You have no excuse. You weren't given a spirit of fear. God's going to give you the words to say, don't tell me that God can't use you because you know what? Matthew was a cheater. He was a tax collector. Peter cursed all the time. Paul was a murderer. Yes, Paul was a murderer. He yes, literally he killed the church and God still used him. You know, he held the coat for the exactly, exactly. So you know what? Don't tell me that. God can't use Amen. you. And don't tell me, well, I just, I'm not. Listen, let me tell you something and put it as plain as day. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. That's it. God's just asking for your obedience. So there's no excuse to do it. All you're doing is being disobedient from God. And let me tell you something. Because of God's children's disobedient, people are dying in their sins. Yeah. You know, we have a virus that's supposedly and i say supposedly because you know i have my opinions about it but it's taking people out at a rapid rate well if it's taking people out at a rapid rate shouldn't we be increasing on how much we tell people about jesus christ Amen. shouldn't we be increasing things shouldn't we be spreading the word about this resurrection but yet we don't do it no we we sit back you know i tell you what i probably can tell i'll tell you this much i bet you that people out there that don't know Christ have heard more in the last three days about why they should get a vaccine than why they should have Christ. Amen. And that's sad, brother. Amen. You and know, there's there's more that that goes on too. You know, and it's funny you bring all this up because me and you were talking earlier about some of the stuff going on in the world. You know, and I read I, I heard something today that really stuck with me, and it was a pastor actually addressing mm -hmm. some of the stuff going on, and um, you know. One of the things that you're hearing about a lot of is the Antichrist and mm -hmm. the mark of the beast and all this stuff. And they asked this pastor, they said, you know, could the vaccine be the mark of the beast? And he goes, you know, I don't see it in this. He goes, but it could be the system that it's used, you know, right. to, to do it. He goes, but 
let me let me explain something to you. He said, um, it's funny how Christians are looking for the Antichrist and not looking for Jesus. Amen. Right? And that, <laughs> right. Was, that put it in perspective <laughs> for me because we are full of dread. We're right. full of dread. We shouldn't be full of dread. We should go outside and rejoice. Exactly. Rejoice. Because look at what Paul did. Paul in prison, right? He said, rejoice. I say again, rejoice. He was in prison, mm -hmm. a Roman prison. Now, I don't know if you know anything about a Roman prison. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure right. you do, right? Right. But maybe some listeners don't know much about the Roman prison, mm -hmm. but they had a little skylight in each room, right? right. And it was just a small little square, and yep. that square was so people could walk by and pee on you, mm -hmm. or they could dump their waste on you, yep. right? And he's in this cell, and he's telling you to rejoice. Right. So we need to rejoice. We need to be happy, excited. And it's, it's funny we get into this, and mm -hmm. we're going to follow Jesus for just a minute because that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. But I preached at Kentucky Park on Sunday, and it was about right. discipleship. Right now, the harvest is ripe. It's ripe. People are right. seeking, and they're they're trying to find the answer. Yep. Why are Christians not giving them Jesus? Exactly. Why are they promoting this fear? Why are they right. they saying you got to be vaccinated? Hey, there's this guy in Israel, man. He's probably the Antichrist. Why are we doing that? Right. What is the purpose? Exactly. We are not to promote fear. We're not of fear. We're also not to promote fear. Right. So, I listen, I agree with you, and I thank you for following the Lord, mm -hmm. because people need to hear this. People need to hear the, the message of, of the resurrection, right? Right. The resurrection made it all possible, made salvation possible. I was eight years old when I got saved. Mm -hmm. I didn't live right for a long time <laughs> after I got saved. I was the kid that was... You know, I got saved when I was eight. Eight years later, 16, 17 years old, I was asleep in the back of the pew mm -hmm. at the church when my dad got ordained as a deacon. Right. That's how fast I decided to change the direction. I decided to change the direction. It wasn't Christ. He was mm -hmm. always in the same spot. Exactly. I left him standing there. Mm -hmm. You know? It starts with the resurrection. You have right. to be saved. Exactly. But then you got to work. <laughs> yes, you do, brother. You got to work. Get out and tell people about Jesus Christ. Right. Stop promoting fear. Stop buying into all the garbage that the mm -hmm. news is selling you. And read your Bible and take that. Yep. Take that for what it's worth. Exactly. Take that as fact. Mm -hmm. Not what CNN tells you. Not what Fox News tells you. But what Jesus is telling you is going to happen. Exactly. He's already telling you what's going to happen. Yep. He's telling you, be prepared. Because I come as a thief in the night. Be prepared. Look to the sky. Yep. Rejoice. Because this is just a pat. We're just passing through. Amen. We're just passing through. And I got to say something about Faye now that we you, you brought her up. Mm -hmm. And Faye was sick. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she looked rough. She looked bad when we went to see her. But one thing she kept doing, Jake, she didn't talk much. She didn't talk at all, really. It was very, very seldom was she conscious. But when she was conscious, she was pointing to the corner of the room. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that she was seeing Jesus. I mm -hmm. didn't get to personally witness that. Thank God Nicole did. Right. And Nicole took a picture of it to show me, but she was pointing to the corner of the room. Why do you think she's pointing to the corner of the room, Jake? Because she was telling people in that room that Christ is in the room. Yep. I believe that. You couldn't convince me any other any other way. 
Yep. And the resurrection is why he was in that room. It, and I tell you what, she looked better at the funeral and stuff than she looked in the past two, three months. She looked better right. because she had finally met her Savior and she was at peace. Exactly. And and that's what it's all about. And, you know, it's we get going and we get going on this. And, again, the resurrection, it, it literally means everything. Because when you have Christ and you understand who he is because he died and resurrected, let me tell you something. The other world's insignificant. Yep. The Antichrist is insignificant. Yes. Why? Because if you're following Christ, you're not going to be deceived. No. Nope. You know, Christ is not an author of confusion. No. Nope. And, you know, and the sad part is, is you've got, you know, saints like Faye and that that are passing on that, you know, I can even remember her in, in church. She used to sing one day at a time, all the time. That, that was her song to sing. Yep. And she took it one day at a time. She did. And she showed people around her how to take it one day at a time. Yep. And, you know, there's been so many others. And, you know, it's just, it's time for us now to pick up the slack. Yep. Carry because, the torch, right, man. Pick it because up. Because we're, we're, we're dropping it right now. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and there's so many things. Well, I just, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. Well, let me tell you something. You know, my biggest fear in life is failure. That's the only thing that I fear. I, I don't right. fear death. I don't, you know, fear heights. I, I'm not comfortable in small rooms and that, but you know, my biggest fear is failure. Right. But the more and longer I go, I don't fear the failure because I know with God, all things are possible. See, we forget that as Christians yeah. with God, all things are possible. It says it. Exactly. And the only thing now I fear is failing my God. Right. And yeah. that should be the biggest fear of all of his children is letting him down. But brother, we're dropping the ball. Oh, yeah. We have people who will make an excuse of why not to bear their testimony when God's given them the way to do it. Just lean on him yeah. and God will put you through it. He said he'll give you the words yeah. to speak. He will give you the opportunity to proclaim his name, yeah. but we refuse to do it. But yet when some doctor gets on tv and tells us that we need to tell our entire family that they need to be vaccinated brother we're calling everybody under the sun yeah but god tells us to go out and to tell about him and to tell him all things he said to go and tell him whatsoever i commanded you yeah. and what do we do well we make an excuse of why we can't do it yeah we 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 totally drop the ball and you know the saints of old of our time you know those true warriors for christ they're, they're dying out and we're the ones that need to carry the torch. And it's time that we stepped up to the plate. Because you know what? I believe time's drawing nigh. I do too, brother. And you know what? I believe we're a day closer today than we were yesterday. That's it. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you, oh, I predict this year and that. Because you know what? To be honest with you, if I was God, if somebody said they were predicting the date, I'd change it. <laughs> but that'd just be my personal, you know, motive right That's there. That's probably why I he says no, man, no. Right. I, I would do it intentionally. <laughs> He's like, try yeah. me. <laughs> I would do it intentionally. That'd be oh, my kick stuff. and my entertainment. But That's good but, stuff. Right. Man. But the thing that matters in it all is, is it matters whether or not you know Jesus Christ is a personal Savior. Nothing oh. else matters. And you know what? To us, nothing else should matter as Christians. You know, we're sitting here and I, I was thinking about, you know, and we were talking about it, and I brought my dad and my papa on that. And, you know, my father, you know, didn't, you know, live long enough on this earth for, you know, to see me 
be married and, and stuff like that. And for the longest time, when I was younger, I used to, you know, push and, you know, try to figure things out. And I really wanted my dad, you know, to see me married and start a family. And I knew that time was drawing nigh because I wanted him to see the great, a great accomplishment that, you know, he could be proud of me. Right. And as I began to sit here and began to talk, you know, I, I realized something. And this is something that, you know, you're going to be able to attest to with your son, you know. But my father's proudest moment was never going to be a wedding. It was never going to be me having kids. Right. It was never going to be me scoring the game-winning goal in a championship game in hockey. The proudest moment in my father's life and what should be the proudest moment in any Christian's life is when I came home that day and told him I had met the Lord. Amen. That's, that's the proudest moment that he could have. And that's what we need to get back. Yeah. We need to get back to that drive because, like I said, time's drawing nigh. The the end's coming. Yes, you know we're closer today than yesterday, and you know what? You have two options: you can choose Christ or you can choose death. That's and that's what we need to be telling people. We need to get the excuse out of the way because all we're doing is hindering God, yeah. and we're allowing a world to run rampant. We we really are. I mean. I never really even thought that it would be a topic among Christians whether or not killing babies was oh a sin or not. Oh but yet here we are. We have these conversations all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not really trying to get off topic, but it kind of stays on topic because this is where all of our hope lies. Yeah. This is why we're able to proclaim the way we proclaim Christ. You know, we don't go out and proclaim Christ just because we feel like it. We go out and proclaim Christ because he did rise. He is our true savior and he's proven himself to us every single day. But us Christians have allowed, and I say allow because let me tell you something, Satan only has the power over you that you give him. Right. You got to give it to him. You got to allow him to, but we've allowed him to take a stronghold even in our own lives. Oh yeah. And he's causing us to, again, we're more worried about a vaccine than we are about a man, whether or not he's dying in sin. Amen. We walk around having a bad day. Let me tell you something. The only person who can ruin your day is you. That's it. You know, well, this person at work made me mad. And this person, you know, but you reacted to it. Yeah. You could have smiled and said, God bless you. Yeah. You could have been whistling a happy tune and had a smile on your face. And after everything was said and done, your boss walk up to you and be like, hey, Mikey, after all that he said and did and how dumb that whole situation was. You still have a smile on your face and not a care in the world. And you can look at your boss and be like, it's because I'm a child of God. Mm. You know, we, we don't have a reason to be, you know, down and hearted. And, you know, even within this country and this country right now, and I know we have listeners in other countries, but everybody's watching the U.S. right now. Oh, they are. You know, we have a huge They're divide. They're probably laughing, right. to be honest. Honestly, <laughs> I, I would say they are, but <laughs> I'm not going to get into that one. But I'm sorry. No, it's good. But the thing is, is we have such a political divide and everything else in this country. And brother, I've seen it with even God's people. First off, turning away, they shouldn't be turning. But also I've seen God's people, you know, getting depressed and, and downhearted. And, and it breaks my heart because that's not how we're supposed to be. God said, I come to give life and life more abundantly. Right. You know, we're supposed to be rejoicing. In the resurrection, we're serving a true Savior, a risen Savior. You know, we're not just 
claiming, you know, and worshiping some guy who who's still sitting over in the grave with his skeletal remains and, you know, was just a good man. Like Buddha. Exactly. We're literally serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Or Muhammad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's reigning in our lives. So how can we be depressed when we have Christ? Well, I mean, the answer is simple. It's mm-hmm. because we we don't understand the enemy. Right. Right. Ephesians tells you who the enemy is. Right. Exactly. Because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Right. Mm-hmm. But with spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. That's what that's what it says. That's my my version. I don't have it right in front of me. But we allow Satan the victory that he has. We do. We really do. Satan is not. More powerful than God. Nope. Satan can't even stay in the same room or presence of God. Right. Right. Let alone direct your path. All he can do is show you a path. You have to choose it. Right. Right. And that's I think with with people that don't know Jesus, that's that's the issue, right? With with pe- Christians, the issue mm-hmm. is that we allow him to get us off of our game, off of our our directive, right? We, we allow him to appeal to our fleshly side. That's, that's how I'm going to say it that's because, it. you know, the spiritual side, he's got to flee from that yep. because that's spiritual sides of God. Yep. And he's got to flee from it. The Bible says to draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. And the Bible says that the devil will flee from you. Yeah. And Peter, I mean, it yep. says he's a roaring lion seeking who he'll devour. You got to understand yep. what the word devour means. It's consume. What's he right. consume you with? Things that get your mind off Jesus. That's exactly. Because exactly that's the with. only way he can get to you. Right. And on topic of what you were talking about, I got to read Matthew 10. I don't, it's been on my heart. Mm-hmm. I preached it last Sunday. I don't know where God's going to lead us this Sunday, but it might be this. I don't know. But I'm going to read it anyway. It's verse 16 in chapter 10 of Matthew. And it's going to, I'm going to read a couple verses. And it, it talks to about what you were saying. And mm-hmm. I know we're kind of off topic with the resurrection, <laughs> but. We're just going to go with this. Right. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So he makes something known here, right? He says, I'm going to send you forth as sheep mm-hmm. in the midst of wolves. Sheeps and wolves, okay? Wolves eat sheep. Yep. Okay? Be ye therefore wise as serpents. What's that mean? Look around and pay attention and be wise. But harmless as doves. Don't fight back. Why does he mm-hmm. say that? But be aware of men. I'm going to get to that. But yeah. be aware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. Right? Mm-hmm. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. But, he says, but, and this is all in red. Yep. So this is Jesus. Yep. But when they deliver you up, this means a lot. Give me a second. <clears throat> but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. Yep. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just got to open your mouth and let the words come out. We are walking testimonies of this because I could never stand and preach the word of God ever. I couldn't do it, Mm -hmm. Jake. And as I sit here and think about that, that's exactly what he's saying. Yep. 
you're going to get brought in front of people that are going to make you uncomfortable. And you're going to have to give a testimony and a, a make a statement about Jesus Christ. But why worry? Because if he's truly in you, then the words are going to come out. And right. they're going to be godly words. Yep, He's never going to leave you alone. He's never going to leave you shorthanded in those situations. He says within that hour. So it's not like you got to wait for it or anything. He's going to no. give you exactly what you need to say. And Christ is not going to allow you to stumble as you begin to proclaim no. your testimony of him. You know, I was saved when I was a young boy. I think I was around seven or eight years old. And I can be honest with you. I was sitting in a pew and, and this is why, and you know, we're going to be doing a podcast on, you know, raising children and stuff like that. And I don't have any children, brother Mikey does. So he's going to really take the lead on this section. But, you know, even as a child, I thank God for the parents that he gave me. Amen. Excuse me, because that's what helped me get to Christ. Yeah, there was the preacher. There was, you know, my, my uncle's a preacher and, you know, but the nights leading up to me getting saved, let me tell you something, brother. I was talking and I was curious about hell. Yeah. I wanted to know what hell was in that. You know, I can remember my dad. We all went into the, we were all in the bedroom and that, and he pulled out the family Bible. Yeah. And he straight up read it, what hell was. He, he didn't sugarcoat it or anything. Yeah, right. But, you know, but it's that raising and helping get there. So, you know, I'm sitting in the pew and I'm praying. And as I'm praying, I realize that I am a sinner. Yeah. I, I need somebody, brother. I could literally see the fire right beside me. Yeah. And I was like, that's my option right now. Yeah. I realized that. And that's, that's the key word. The thing right there is when you realize that you are in need of a savior, when you realize, when you become accountable yeah. and you realize that what sin is, when you know, right from wrong, yeah, that's when it takes place. A lot of people try to put an age limit on it. No, no. it's when you understand, I don't believe that a baby has the knowledge yeah. That, you know, I, I don't believe in baptizing a baby no. because we got to wash the sin off of it. Don't have any you sin. You know, it doesn't have any sin. Well, what about, you know, the sins of the parent, the sins of the father, not the sins of the son? No, they're not. You know, and the thing is, is, you know, I was sitting there and I realized it. So I began to call out to God and I said, you know, I need you in my life. I need you. Yeah. And, you know. And I started bawling like a baby. Yeah. And I know you guys don't, you know, might not know me listening to this. Brother Mikey knows, knows me quite well. He can attest to this. <laughs> I'm not a guy that shows much emotion. You don't. No. You know, I don't show a lot of emotion, especially when it comes to, you know, crying and stuff like that. I, I, I'm the old school manly man. You know, I'm not I'm not going to cry. You you can cut off my arm and I'm going to look you square in the eye and say, that didn't hurt. But you're just going to cry when you get yeah, home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll cry when I get home. I'm not going to cry in front of you, but I just thought I started bawling because the peace that came over me and the understanding. Yeah. And, you know, my mom was sitting there and she was like, are you okay? And I, all I could say is I'm fine yeah. because I was at that point. I was fine. Oh, yeah. I was, there was nothing else that mattered, yeah. you know? The world could have ended right then, brother, and it did not matter for me yeah. because I had already been purchased. Yeah. And, you know, and so she even asked me, well, did you want to, you know, go up there and pray with your uncle and that? And like I said, he was a assistant pastor at the church that we went to. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. But 
I didn't really see the point of it because it was already the, done. It was already done. Yeah. It was already there. And it's because of that that, you know, it gives a whole new understanding because you realize you were purchased. Yeah. You were purchased. That's why, you know, I even think about like when people, they, they get upset and they talk about, well, this person's mine and this person's mine. Let me tell you something. My mom, I love her to death. She's not mine. Right. She's God's. Why? Because he purchased her with a price. Yeah. I didn't purchase her with a price. No. I just got the joy of being able to grow up and have her as a mother. Yeah. You know, I mean, she still gets on my nerves sometimes. And <laughs> I, I, I know she loves me, but man, she gets on my case about chewing. And I know I chew way more than what any man should. But, you know, and I know she does it because she loves me. But still, I'm not hers. Right. I was just given to her to raise as a son. Yeah. But I was purchased with a price. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and that whole thing should just give us enough to rejoice. Uh-huh. You know, it should give us enough to go out and, you know, speak and tell God that. Right. And, but it doesn't, you know, and I'm not a perfect, you know, person. When, let me tell you something. When I got called to preach, I tried to out send the pulpit. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm being honest with you, brother. I did not want to preach when I was first called. When God first laid that calling on my heart, I did not want to be a preacher. Yeah. So I knew the only thing that I could do is maybe I could make myself dirty enough that God would be like, there's no way I'm putting him in a pulpit. And you know what I found out, brother? You can't outsend God's love. All he does is drop you deeper, exactly. hotter water. Exactly. But you, <laughs> you cannot you cannot outsend God's love. No, You, you can't not. do it. And again, he reminded me, just like I said earlier, he qualifies the call he makes it to where i would be able to preach that nothing else because nothing else matters in that and so because i announced my calling when i was 18 and it was a rough couple of years brother i even after i was preaching i wasn't always the greatest person but you know what god showed me through the years is you know what god's love will always be there and will always be able to help you get through as long as you have christ you can make it through right you know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians beat themselves up because of things they've done in the past. And that, you know what? Paul beat himself up too. He literally killed the church. Yeah. He murdered the church. And what did God tell him? Did he tell him, oh, yeah, you did, or you should be upset about that, or, <laughs> you know, I've forgiven you for everything but that? No. He said, my grace is sufficient. Amen. You know, no matter what you do in life, God's grace is sufficient Amen. for you. And it allows you to be, and when you allow God to move through you, and when you allow God to take hold in your life, let me tell you something. Things happen. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to talk about COVID for a minute, and then I'm going to, you know, kind of wind down here because I've been keyed up way too long in this podcast. But, (laughs) you know, I'm going to talk about COVID for a minute and about what it's done for us. And then I'm going to give Brother Mikey an opportunity because I just did mine. And we haven't done it yet, but we want to start doing it, you know, with our guest and everything. So I'm going to let him give his testimony. But I'm going to be honest, if it was not for COVID and everyone says, oh, COVID bad, this COVID's bad, bad, bad. If it wasn't for COVID, let me tell you something. I honestly couldn't tell you whether or not Brother Mikey would be the deacon of this church. Okay. I Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I'd be sitting here talking to you right now as two preachers and the truth. No, this, this all happened because of COVID. And why did it happen? Because of COVID. I was sitting at work and we were talking at our machine and we were discussing whether or not we were going to be laid off, if we were going to be shut down. 
because we made boxes. But we made boxes for food companies. So maybe, you know, they would keep us open. But we didn't know. And it was all up in the air. And all these people were being laid off in this country. And I couldn't help but think to myself as I went back and we started to run our next order. Man, somebody's got to do something. Like all these people, somebody's got to step out. And so I decided, you know what? We are going to help. We're going to have a handout. Yeah. And <laughs> if, if you know anything about me, you understand this. I, I was all talk and no action, brother. I would, even things going on with this church and that before, I was, you know, we need to do it. We need to do it. But I never got off to do it. To do it. Right. And, you know, this time I was just, it was kept pressing on me. It kept pressing on me. And I know it was God saying, all right, you said you're going to do it. Now now it's time to ante up. Yeah. You know, I'm calling you. I'm yeah. calling you right now. Yeah. So what did I do? I didn't, and this was a little bit bad of me, but it, it's how God led it to be. So we're just going to go with it. I didn't tell any church members or anything. I just posted on Facebook <laughs> that we're going to have a handout. <laughs> you want to talk about the phone calls. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had told them that, you know, hey, maybe we should have a handout on that. I didn't tell them, oh, we're going through with it. And I even picked a date. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I remember my mom, she called me and she says, it's great and everything. I'm with you on it. She's like, but how are we going to pay for it? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? The Lord will provide. He put this on me. I 100% know the Lord will provide. Amen. So, you know, as, as it went through and progressed, let me tell you something. We were able to have quite a bit of food that handout. Yeah. I mean, a lot of food. And what do we do with each handout? We had people that were donating money to us that we covered our expenses from that handout and then had enough to do another handout. Right. I mean, there was some times, brother, and I, I know you know this, we were doing three handouts a week because we had so much stuff that we had to get rid of, yeah. you know, because we didn't want to hold on to it because we had so much stuff. And so, and what paved the way? Well, then, you know, started going and I was like, you know what? We're not going to shut down. You know, we, yeah. we posted our services on Facebook, but my church doors were always open. Yeah. They were unlocked and whoever entered in, I was going to have service with, Amen. you know, and, and this is what transpired it because then, uh, you know, a few Sundays into that, I invited brother Mikey to come and preach our service. Yeah. And me and brother Mikey had already been talking about having a revival mm -hmm. and, you know, he, he looked at me and he was like, well, are we still going to do it? And I said, yeah, well, whether there's restrictions or not, if, you know, they're going to throw us in jail over preaching the word of God because we're preaching during a, a pandemic, which to me personally, I think you need Jesus more in a pandemic than any time ever. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why that's why we preach the gospel, because we're in a pandemic of sin right now. Right. And that's really killing people. You, yes, you think, is. you know, passing in this earthly body is something. You die wait, twice. wait, wait till you feel that lake of fire. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, you die twice. COVID ain't going to be nothing. Yeah. Um, but he asked me if we we're still going to do it. And I said, yeah. And it's the obedience of following God that led Brother Mikey to this church to, mm -hmm. you know, help me carry on, you know, this way that we're going and promoting Christ and to keep, you know, carrying the torch and letting people know about God. Amen. And if it wasn't for COVID, Honestly, I don't know if it would happen, right. but, and again, and I'm just going to say this and I'm not going to get into details or anything. Some of you might know, some of you might not, but 
Let me tell you something. You want to know about God's mercy and God's love? You look at me and Brother Mikey hey, here <laughs> doing this podcast. Because let me tell you something. Me and Brother Mikey had some history. Yes, we did. And, you know, if if you would have told us, you know, two years ago, a year ago, well, two years ago, because you've been here for a while. But, you know, if you would have told us back in 2019 that he was going to be a deacon at our church and we were going to be doing a podcast together, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably would have laughed at you. Yeah. You yeah. know, there, there was things. But the thing is, is because God is in control. We realized what happened was, is God led us down different paths. He got our dumb youthfulness out of us he because did. that's what it was. We he were did. young and dumb. Yeah, we were young that's and dumb. all it is. And he got it all out of us. And then he brought us back and said, okay, now you're going to do my will and you're going to do my work because nothing else matters. And it doesn't because you know what? Not once have I ever thought about what happened back then because it's insignificant. The Me only thing either. I can talk about now is how great it is to be sitting here with my brother yep. doing a podcast. And my friend. Right. I mean, we actually became pretty good friends. Right. I, I talk to brother Mikey more than I actually talk to my best friend. And that's the truth. Our, yep. our wives actually get mad at us. Yeah. You know, they, all the time. They're like, oh, are you, you know, time. they're like, let me guess, you're texting Mikey. And yeah. I'm sure Nicole's like, let me guess, you're messaging Jake. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. They're like, well, you talk more to them than you talk to us. Sorry, we like each other more than we like them. But it's because we actually listen. We don't talk back to each other. I plead the fifth. I ain't saying nothing. I am not saying anything on that one. No, no, we we love our wives, but it's true. And he's brought us to that closeness. And again, if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know if it would have happened. So God will take anything that happens in our lives and he will use it for his good and for his glory. And I I want you to understand that if you're listening to this, because no matter what's happened in your life, I don't care what's happening. Because first off, you can't outsend God's love. You can't. Secondly, no matter what you have been through, and I know there's been some people who've done some horrible things. And, you know, I'm going to use Paul for this example. Paul murdered the church. Yeah. You go over in Acts and that, you'll notice when they see Paul, they knew who Paul was. But what happened is one of the disciples said, hang on a second. There's been a change. Yeah. Something's different about this man. Yeah, because his his name was Saul. His name was Saul, but he changed it to Paul. And that was the significance to show the change. But he said, there's something different about him. The difference was Christ. Yeah. And I want you to know something that. Paul took that and he used what happened and God used it for his glory because he got to say, you know what? Yeah, I murdered the church, but God was still willing to forgive me. He was still willing to show me mercy. And, you know, that's part of our testimony, too. I, I don't care what you've done or what's happened. God's using it for a testimony, but you have to claim it. And. It needs to be claimed because, brother, like I said before, and I'll keep saying it because time's drawing nigh. Yeah, and it, it is. it's time God's children, and I know we, we kind of really flown past the resurrection, but again, that's where all of this comes from. It is. Without the resurrection, we can't have the hope to push this on. But it's time Christians woke up and got back about our father's business. You know, the yeah. Bible tells us not to be slothful in our work yeah. for him, you know. God's not slothful on our, his work towards us. Yep. He's not slack in doing stuff for us, but we are towards him. Yep. 
And we make up every excuse in the book. We want to blame COVID or this and that. And all it is, is it's just an excuse. But let me tell you this, and then I'm going to let Brother Mikey give his testimony. But the Bible says that if you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. Amen. You know, think about that. When you refuse to bear the testimony that he gave you, yeah. you're ashamed of him. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it is. not, so, you're just ashamed of it. Well, it's because, no, we already got rid of that excuse. You weren't given a spirit of fear. No. Moses talked with a stutter. You know, Paul cursed all the time. Yeah. Matthew was a cheat. John was a suck up. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. what do you mean John was a suck up? Peter Go had look. anger issues. Yeah, Peter had anger issues. But yeah, John was a suck up. Go look up. Guess who was laying in Christ's bosom? Yeah. Always. Always. John he was, was always about that, Christ. And, and honesty, mm -hmm. if you want real accurate detail right. about all of it, John is the book because right. John was always there. He was right. always at the like right in Christ right in his area. You know, right. he was he, he was all about Christ. And, and, and we say suck up as joking and that too, but it, it's really just put it into perspective that it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. Because once Christ gets older, you're a new creature. Yeah. You know, it, and it doesn't matter what you've done in life and that because Christ can forgive you. His grace is sufficient. And now he wants to take that. He wants to take if you've walked away from him and decided to live a worldly life, but then you come back. Guess what? God wants you to take that and proclaim it to the world because it's your testimony. Right. You know. So I'm going to go ahead and shut up here because I think I've talked enough and got keyed up enough. But Brother you, Mikey, go ahead and you go ahead and preach? No, <laughs> I might as well, bro. That's going to be you Sunday. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm going to say my testimony. Then I'm going to close with a scripture that came to my heart when you were talking about uh, how Jesus won't go where he's not invited. Right. Um, I was eight years old, and I had two very good grandparents. I still have two that are still alive, but these two have gone on to be with the Lord and um, their names were Herman and Mary. And at the time, my mom and dad weren't in church. They were they were everything but, you know, church. And I loved them, and they loved me. I, I'm not saying nothing like that, but they, they did not raise me up in church. Mm -hmm. But my grandmother, my grandfather, who lived in Monroe, and I live in the Dundee area, so that's about a 20-minute drive or so. Every Sunday, they would pick me up to take me to church. Mm -hmm. And... uh at first, I was just going for the free McDonald's, you know, because she'd come get me. They'd buy me McDonald's, and I was a happy camper. I was like eight years old. I had my my biscuit with my bacon egg cheese biscuit, my Coke, and I was rocking. You know, I was I was happy. I was a happy kid. <laughs> but then this one service in particular, you know, I was sitting on the front pew, and if you're preaching at the pulpit, it was on the right side, and I was at, right at the front side toward the aisle. The danger zone. Yeah, and... <laughs> Bobby, who happens to be my uncle, and he's also the pastor of that church, he uh, was preaching on hell, mm -hmm. right? And his wife, Anita, was sitting right next to me. And as he was talking about hell, I started to get afraid, you know? And I started to realize, I'm like, well, I never had this. Because he was talking about hell and how to get out of hell. He was talking about a testimony, a situation in your life where you found Jesus and as I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm like, well, if he's what he's saying is true, then I'm going to hell because I don't have that testimony. I don't right. have that interaction with Christ. So as I started to get, I started to kind of break down, right? And started to cry. <coughs> and he asked me, is that all right? And I said, I just, I want to go pray, right? And here's 
I've always believed this, and I know that you have the same belief system that I do with right. this. I don't believe that it's at an altar when you get saved. I don't. I believe it's the action of taking the first step on faith. Yep. That's what I believe. So when I stood up, Jake, I already felt it. And I didn't know what to do with it. Like I just, it overwhelmed me, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like a, a house gets lifted off the top of you. And you're, you're going to say, well, what kind of burden does an eight-year-old have? That's exactly my point. Exactly. You had burden you didn't even realize you had. Yep. And it got lifted off me, right? So when I got to the altar, Bobby's like, what do you want to pray about? And I was like, I don't want to go to hell. But at the, already knowing that I was okay, you know, but mm -hmm. it, I, I, it was a young mind trying to grasp everything that was going on. And he's like, all right, well, let's pray. Well, as I started to pray, all I could say is I'm sorry and cry. That's all I could do. Say I'm sorry. And, I cry. and it wasn't because I was afraid or crying because I was sad. It's because this overwhelming feeling of joy and this overwhelming peace that was just like, it was something mm -hmm. new to me, right? Yep. And like I told you, my parents weren't there to see it, you know? And I remember standing up, and the first person that met me at the aisle, can you guess who it was? Guess who it was? It was your grandfather. He's the first person to meet <laughs> me at the aisle. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He goes, well done, young man. He goes, now everything changes. That's yep. exactly what he said to me in his deep voice. He had a deep yes, voice. Yes, he did. And he said, he, he said, well done, young man, and now everything changes. Yep. And he said, I'm always here for you. Yep. You know? And that stuck with me. And then the second person was Mary. She was she was ecstatic, you know, crying. I'm still trying to figure out what was going You're on. You're still trying to right? grasp. Because yeah. something major has just happened. You're an eight-year-old kid. You have no idea. The only thing you know is what you were feeling in that pew is gone. Mm -hmm. And you have this peace and this, this just joy flooding you. But I got a little bit more. Because I knew that I was saved and that that had taken place. But we were going... We always went to grandma's house afterwards because they had night service. And right about the time we hit the fairgrounds, I had this overwhelming sense of fear, right? And in my mind, it's like I heard, you're not saved. Just like that. And I looked at Papa and I said, Herman, something just told me I'm not saved. He goes, oh, buddy, that proves that you're saved because that's Satan. He goes, see... Satan didn't bother you before, did he? Mm -hmm. I said, no, Papa, he didn't. And that was what transpired as a kid. That's what tormented me, was saved and lost, saved and lost. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather, which I will read one day for you guys, he gave me the scriptures. And you can read it because I'm going to give it to you. It was Romans 8, 35 to 39. Mm -hmm. And it basically is Paul asking a question and say, who shall separate us from the love of God? Exactly. Right. And then he goes in and he lifts all the stuff that can't which is just about everything that you can ever imagine, but he sums it up in one simple verse, and he says, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Exactly. Yeah. Bottom line. And no other creature, God is a creator, he says, no other creature can separate you from the love of God, which is where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because he died on the cross and rose again on mm -hmm. the third day. I haven't been perfect, but I'm far from it, buddy. But I have a perfect Savior, and he's Amen. always molding me. He's always teaching me. Mm -hmm. He's always dusting me off when I hit the ground because I hit it hard. I'm yep. a big guy. <laughs> so when I fall from the top, I hit the ground hard. Yep. So he's always had patience with me. I, I thank God for that. I, I am not a perfect vessel. I don't claim to be. And, you know, if people knew me, if you talk to somebody that knew me in high school, they'd be like, I cannot believe this kid is a preacher. 
this guy's a preacher. There's there's no way. Brother, but, we still sit and laugh about ourselves. Thinking, <laughs> how did we end up preaching this fight? <laughs> and it's, you know, he picks, sometimes he picks the worst, right? Right. <laughs> but I'm going to read this. And, you know, you, you mentioned, and I'm going to do this in closing because this is going to be kind of like an altar call, I mm-hmm. guess. If you don't have nothing else to add. I, I'm good, brother. Trust me, I'm good. <laughs> but when you were talking about how they were walking on the road together with Christ, and they turned to go their destination, and Christ acted as if he was going to keep walking, which he would have kept walking. Yep. And they invited him, you know. It's because he's a perfect gentleman. If you read Revelation 3.20, it sums it up for you. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And we'll sup with him and he with me. Amen. What's he talking about? He's talking about your heart's door, right? The day you get saved, he's knocking on that door. And if you invite him in, it's going to change your life. Right. It's going to change your life. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you've never opened the door for Christ, it's a simple thing. Mm -hmm. It's a simple thing. All you have to do is acknowledge that he died on the cross, that he rose again, and make him the savior of your life. Call him your Lord, right? Right. We've read the scriptures, Romans 10, 9, 10, John mm-hmm. 3, 16. It's simple. It's yep. it's simple. It's so simple that a child at eight years old could understand it. Yep. But in that, I think that it's um, fitting to say that this world has nothing to offer you. Nothing. Don't be afraid of what's going on around you. Just seek Jesus because right now he's the only thing that matters. Amen. Let us pray. Our most precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray that this message goes out and that it reaches those that you need it to reach. God, and that they know what to do with it, Lord. And if they have any questions, I pray, God, that they reach out to us on email or or however, God, or somebody that they trust, God, to, to talk about it. Um, I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you, God, for showing yourself today, Lord, because it's been like we were at church. I feel like I went to church today, and that's that's what this is about. It's it's not only a blessing for me and my brother, but it's a blessing for those listening, I pray, Lord. And I thank you so much for all that you've done. I ask you to remember the quests that were said earlier. God, and I ask you to continue to bless us and help our ministry, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we ask these things, and amen. Amen. And that's been that's our finish for Two Petrias and the Truth. Uh, again, if you need to email us, prayer request, or talk about or ask questions about what we went off on, we skipped across, but our email is uh, True Gospel Missionary Baptist Church, no, True Gospel Missionary Baptist at gmail.com. So hope you have a great day. God bless till we meet again.